If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. Our number two of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app. However, you're taking us in, always appreciate it. And by the way, uh, check out Primetime Action as well uh, tonight, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. I haven't plugged that show really yet today, have I? Drinking game. I do it with Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, Kelly Bidlin. We in game bet. We have a blast each and every night. Uh, check us out there as well. Uh, we get tweets. At meeting the book, always appreciate the feedback. We also get texts. <laughs> we should probably read some text also. Uh, this is uh, this is from a Christopher Felica, the bear, at ESPN, who uh, was reacting to my uh, segment with Mark Borchard. You remember when Mark, in the middle of the segment, was talking about, you know, I really wish we could make these awards objective and assign points to, like, different stats. And I immediately <laughs> screamed out. I go, no, it's not going to happen. Uh, Chris Felica goes, and make the Baseball Writers Association of America vote obsolete? Never. How would that sanctimonious bunch ever overcome being irrelevant? So true. So ridiculously true. Those guys, not a million years. All right, now the, now the tweets portion. We get tweets. Uh, these are all reactions to stuff we were randomly talking about last segment. Richard Palma. I, I randomly said something about Scottie Pippen, like, Scottie Pippen okay? He seems very angry about everything. Every time you look up at a screen, he's blasting somebody. Uh, Richard Palmer, Scottie, no tipping Pippen. He just chimed in. Bruce Dobigan talking about uh, when I brought up Stanley Cup final, NBA finals. One is singular, one is plural. Discuss amongst yourselves. Bruce Dobigan says, uh, if I know Bettman, the NHL uses final because it costs more to put Ness on the end of every reference. <laughs> 
Uh, it could be true. Bill McNeil. Hey, Gil, uh, about your render connect match yesterday, any indication uh, whether that match will be concluded before the weekend? <laughs> Hashtag Isner Marathon. Uh, I don't know when they're restarting. It should be restarted here at some point. I haven't checked the, uh, if they have restarted it, but I think today at some point. Nine to nine, fifth set uh, with those two. Rinder Knetsch and uh, Ote, Oscar Ote of Germany. Big servers who could barely break each other. And thankfully, again, Wimbledon has uh, stopped it at 12 games apiece in the fifth set. That's when they will go to the tiebreaker because of the historical Isner match from years ago where they played through uh, three days. I should actually get the details and uh, relive that wonderful Isner match, which changed the way that uh, they decided to do tiebreakers at Wimbledon just for this reason alone. Uh, let's bring him in to talk NBA. Ladies and gentlemen, from hoop-ball.com and, of course, the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, the best audio in the business, it's Dan Bespers. How you doing, Dano? I am great. I am great. What could what could possibly go wrong today? Dan, could you just tell people how your audio is so good once again? We recap this about every six months. How is it that you sound like you're right here with us? What's going oh, on? Oh, it's because I'm. you guys set me up a delightful recording booth right under your table. Oh, is that you're here? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm here. Don't kick me with your left leg, please. Okay. And no idea. Well done. You sound great. <laughs> it's actually relatively cheap. The the truth is this is like a sixty dollar Behringer mixer and a sure microphone, and that's it. Oh. All right. Shout out to the Behringer mixer. The mixer will do it every time. A little equalizer. Something going on there. It'll it'll make it happen. So Dan, uh listen, the, we're getting to the uh we're getting to the end here of the NBA playoffs obviously and you know i made the comment earlier in the week i'm like well what happened over the weekend we may have these really short conference finals and then we're gonna have to have a long wait because you know the nba finals dates are sort of like set in stone and then last night just out of nowhere once again i don't know if it's out of nowhere because you could make a case the clippers could have won multiple games earlier in this series that they didn't so maybe i shouldn't say it that way but the clippers Roll Phoenix in the end last night, 116 to 102. There were moments where the Suns looked like they could get back in this game, but never, you know, was always rebuffed by the Clippers. And uh, Paul George's 41 points. First of all, I'll ask what I, uh, I'll ask of you what I asked of Drew Densick earlier. Did you see that coming? And then secondly, would you bet the Clippers here to win the series at plus 450? Would you give them a shot? I did not see that coming. All we've heard so far is how exhausted the Clippers were. So there was a bit of an expectation, I think, that guys were not going to have this level of offensive performance. Although I did have the over in yesterday's game because I thought someone was going to make a shot. I just I didn't think it was going to be that many shots more or less in a row. He went 15 for 20 in the ball game. That's a that's a heck of a performance and eight of eight at the free throw line. The reason I'm I'm not taking the Clippers in the series is that that type of offensive performance does feel more like the outlier than the norm. Uh, even if he did it again, you would have to do it again, again, after that, the Clippers are still down in this series. And so you're talking about one poor game or even like middling performance from Paul George. And the series probably does come to an end. So I still, I still think the Suns take the series, uh, I just I thought that ball game yesterday was going to be a little bit more I don't want to say free and easy because it's the playoffs and that's not happening. But after the 164 combined total in the previous game, you just knew the two teams were going to look at this one and go, all right, we got to We can't do that again. We can't. We got to like we just got to 
let it let it fly a little and uh, and the Clippers came out in front. That's just that's just not the kind of game the Suns want to play. Skill Alexander's Dan Bespris is a numbers game at Visa the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app. However, you're taking us in, we appreciate it. Um, it's just you know, look, I, I just it's it's incumbent upon us as betters to determine what are the more uh, bettable things at any given time. Now that Wimbledon's here, and as as you know, deliberate as I'm being with Wimbledon bets, I still love making those bets or believe those are better bets um, than. This series, for instance, I think soccer, even though I lost up three to one in both of the games yesterday, which was just brutality, um, I, I think that is eminently more bettable. I, I, I do think the Atlanta-Philadelphia series is, is extremely bettable. We'll get to that momentarily. But this one, on a night-to-night basis, like I have such trouble figuring out, and, and this is the big thing we talk about in football every week. Well, I think the Chargers should do this, but do I trust Anthony Lynn to do it, right? I talk with Warren Sharp about that with NFL coaches all the time. Okay, I get it, Warren. They should do this, but you have confidence that the coach actually doing it. So Ty Lu, and we talked about this a little earlier, in the previous series, I kept saying, it seems like they're just winging it every night, right? Like the Kawhi, the Kawhi Raptors, you knew what you were getting from that team every night. And this one, Kawhi was still with the Clippers, right? Where I'm like, I just feel like they're winging it. And then they didn't have Kawhi and haven't had him for this whole series. And I just feel like Ty Lu landed, and, and Drew actually said this earlier, Drew Dinsick, he just sort of landed on the small lineup because of Zubats's injury yesterday. Am I right about that? Like, did he just luck into figuring something out again? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure that I'd go full luck on that one. I, I, they, they just have to piece it together. They went small against the Jazz. They weren't planning, I don't think, on doing it in this series. I really feel like it was just a matter of shots going in. It's such, it's such a lame analysis on a basketball no, game. I but get it, man. Basketball is, yeah, is that like, sometimes. Yep. Look at the, if you look at uh, the previous game in LA, the the god awful eighty four to eighty final, which I'm sure a lot of folks are like, yeah, there you go, eighties basketball, uh, both the decade and the final score actually. Uh, Chris Paul in that game, what did he shoot? Like five for twenty two or something like that. It, it was something absurd, and it was all his typical elbow jumpers. At least another six of those could have gone in on a different night. It wasn't like the shots were that different. It just went in in this ball game. Uh, so, I, you know, what's funny is that I've actually had a lot of success on the totals in this series because the pace has been almost exactly the same in every game, and it's just come down to whether or not did oddsmakers adjust the number, and if so, great. We're just going to keep playing a mean reversion every single night, and it keeps landing on it. They're like, oh, we're going to adjust the total down five points. Great. Pace was the same, and now they made a couple of shots, and it went over. Uh, so it, from the side perspective, I have had trouble in this series because you just sort of don't really know which team is going to be the one with their eyes all the way open for the ball game. But from a speed standpoint, this series reminds me actually a lot of the ones we watched in the bubble where you're getting almost the same type of performances from the same guys in each, each ball game, or at least the same effort. And it just comes down to who actually sees the ball go through the hoop. So 215 in game number six tomorrow night. You going under on that again? I think they I think they finally got one right. <laughs> uh, I went I went over in the last ball game. I had under in I think games two and three, and then over the weekend, the weird one that that did end on 164. That one was one that confused me a little bit. Uh, but 
basically every single game in the series has targeted a, a final total around 215, and they just finally landed on it after being too high for three or four games and then being too low for one. So we'll dig a little bit deeper on that one, but I think they finally adjusted it to the right number. Okay. Clippers trying to come back again from the three to one deficit, only been done four times in NBA conference finals history. They're trying to be the fifth. It's a pick them tomorrow night in LA. Uh, no reason to believe Kawhi will be back. No reason to believe uh, that he will be back for this series. Who knows if the Clippers get to the finals that could be a different story. We don't know. We don't know really the status of Kawhi Leonard. We don't know the extent of that injury necessarily. But he uh, he will probably not be back for the rest of this series. At least we have no reason to believe so. It's Milwaukee and Atlanta, game number four tonight. Now, at the risk of boring anybody, I, I, I floated this for the first time last night, and I said it again this morning once, but I'll, I'll send it to you. No one has really given me pushback on this. And the theory on this series for me at this point, having watched these these first three games, is simply that if the Bucks were a button-down outfit, they should destroy the Atlanta Hawks, right? It's like what everybody said on the run-up to the series. Well, oh, it's such a terrible matchup uh, for the Hawks. Yet the Bucks just, they play such loose basketball, right? You'll, you'll see Giannis take threes. By the way, air balls, free throws, that's another story. But you'll see him take threes. You'll see him just bail out the Hawks. Anytime he does that, it's like a win for the Hawks. And... It's so clear that if he just goes to the hole every time, it's so easy. Uh, the Bucks should be able to to just you know beat them easily, but they don't. They they do play loose basketball, and so they leave this window open for the Hawks that actually shouldn't be there. And it's up to the Hawks with their only real weapon is mass three point shooting. Right, it gets back to what you were saying about just hitting shots or not. If they have a night where they're hitting these consistently over forty eight minutes, they could actually win a game. If it's 42 minutes, like the other night, uh, then maybe it doesn't work out for them uh, necessarily. Do you think that that's a pretty cogent description of this? Yeah, and now we're also dealing with Trey Young's bone bruise on top top of of everything. That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm glad we talked about Phoenix and, and the Clippers first because this one... I think falls back into what we talked a bunch about last week and the week before, which was how do we know what to do with a series when superstars are either in and playing at 65% or sitting a ball game out where, I mean, you, you got to pay attention to the news. He's almost definitely going to give it a go, but we don't, I don't personally, at least I'm sure someone out there does know exactly how healthy Trey young is. What we do know is that he's not close to 100%, and he's farther from 100% than usual. So I think you have to handicap this game based on the idea, what changes in the game flow, what changes in the game story if Trey Young is not quite himself? Does Atlanta try to slow the ball game down and make it more of an ugly defense type of ball game if they don't have their main guy at full strength? Does he end up then hurting them a bit more on defense if he's not able to move all that well. So to your point, yeah, Milwaukee always gets out of their game plan. There were games in the last series against Brooklyn where they were just running up the total in the first half, actually sticking to their game plan of making Giannis a role man, of of capitalizing on the fact that Brooklyn refused to put a defender within six feet of him when he was beyond the three-point line. And then in the second half, it was like, well, we built this big lead. Let's just do whatever. Giannis takes a three. Giannis goes ISO, Eurostep right into Jeff Green's sternum. Offensive foul. (laughs) We're going the other way. 
Uh, and this series has a lot of those same markers. I think one of the big problems is that Atlanta's just been getting destroyed on the glass. And so Milwaukee's kind of getting away with it to a certain extent. And I would say all of this discussion feels like I'm building towards saying Atlanta has a great chance. Yeah. But the Trey Young thing really makes me nervous about that. Yeah. I think if you're doing anything in this game, it is Atlanta because they're catching a ton of points uh, at home. But the Trey Young injury, I think you really have to think hard about what it means for a game speed and probably lean more into a total that could vary considerably based on what he looks like. Yeah, I, I, I agree with all that. And the Trey Young injury, again, just yet another in a unbelievably ridiculous NBA postseason, really an NBA season, which was the year of the injury, but an NBA, NBA postseason where it's like, what other elite player have we not, you know, have the gods not injured yet? And then Trey Young does this weird bounce back thing or a hop to the back where he lands on an official's foot who was standing out of bounds, and Trey Young looked up like it was the official's fault. It's like, no, dude, you, you sort of bounced, you know, you sort of jumped backwards kind of thing. And so it's just, it's incredible how these NBA playoffs are simply the two teams that have been affected the least, the Bucks and the Suns, remain in the best position to get to the NBA Finals. And it's kind of, the, they're there by attrition. That's it in the end. Yeah, 100%. I, I asked this question uh, of the primetime action crew last night. And this was, keep in mind, before the Clippers beat the Suns. So this was before the game last night. And there was a point to this question, as often there is points to the questions, um, hopefully. <laughs> but I, it, was, it was the Clippers were down 3-1, to one, and the Hawks are down 2-1, to one, right? And I asked the question, I was like, who do you think is the most likely to get bounced in five? Now, keep in mind, the Clippers only had to lose one, and the Hawks had to lose two. And the point of the question was, I was obviously steering it towards... Think about it before you quickly answer Clippers, because I actually think the Clippers are capable on any given night, right? And we saw it last night. It, it manifested on any given night of rising up and actually winning and, and the last night winning pretty convincingly. Whereas the Hawks, as we just described earlier, their margin of error is so thin, you know, like everything just has to play out right, right? The Bucks have to let them in by playing loose basketball. Then the Hawks have to do their part to walk through that door. I'm mixing metaphors. But you get the idea. So that's, And I think that's, that's how I see both of these series, where it's like, now the Clippers can have their backs against the wall. They've always got a puncher's chance. The Hawks, man, this ain't the Sixers. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that front. It, it, the, the margin is so thin. Uh, and the Bucks. well, I mean, I guess the other side of that is the Bucks do keep giving them that window slash door that you were talking about in the metaphor, which, by the way, you can walk through either of those. You I'm can. fine with that. You can, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, with with Trey Young playing on a bus, I, I keep coming back to the same thing. Yeah, you can't, you this don't was, know. You just don't know. You just don't know. I. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the Clippers have shown themselves to be pretty darn good with or without Kawhi Leonard. They they figure things out. They have enough weapons on that team. The Hawks have weapons, too. It, this is, as we talked about two weeks ago, this is a rough matchup for them. It would, came down to a focus thing, and I think the Hawks had that advantage going into the series. I'm not sure they have that anymore. Project forward to an NBA Finals, if you would, and let's say it's the Bucs. Let's, let's leave the Hawks out of it for this moment, which is probably unfair. Again, they're only down a game. I mean, they could, they could put it right back. You know, it's, it's just on home court at this point. Nobody has, uh, has really uh, taken a, a huge advantage in this series, so I, I, perhaps it's wrong of me to do that, but for the purposes of the discussion, let's say it's the Bucs who get to the NBA Finals. What's the matchup you as a fan, 
and then as a better, maybe it's two different answers, would like to see more. Well, is Kawhi Leonard healthy by the finals? Yeah, that's the question you have to answer first. He, uh, he is, let's just say that. He is healthy. Well, then I'd like to see the Clippers and the Bucks. He is now. not healthy. Then I'd like to see the Suns and the Bucks. <laughs> okay, but that's from a fan standpoint. What, what about from a yeah. betting standpoint? Like, so if he's uh, not playing, give me the give me the Suns. I think they have a, a marvelous chance in the finals, and I don't think they'll get the respect they deserve. That sounds like a, a great betting thing to, to think about. Oh, see, I think the Kawhi-less Clippers, if they were to somehow get past the Suns, right, then the Kawhi-less Clippers would get a, you'd have a great price on them against the Bucks, and everybody would come into that series saying the same thing uh, that they did with the Bucks and the Hawks, and they say, well, it's a terrible matchup, who's going to, you know, I don't know, it's, who's going to guard Giannis, right, there's that whole thing, and maybe Ty Lue will have figured out what his optimal lineup would be to combat that by then, sort of thing. Yeah, so, I don't disagree with, I don't disagree with you, I, I think maybe it comes down to you and I probably feel like both Western conference teams would have a really good game plan for the bucks. Uh, One that had the personnel as well, which maybe the Hawks don't quite have right now. And I just don't trust the bucks. We talk about trust when betting. I just don't trust that they have the makeup to win an NBA championship. I could be completely wrong. They're they're probably the most talented team with Giannis at this point uh, moving forward. But I don't know if uh, coach bud and that group is going to get to the promised land uh, after No, they got to prove it to us. Yeah. They proved the opposite at two, three times now. You have to show us. It's like the old adage. You're, you're injury prone until you're not. You're healthy until you're not. In this case, the Bucks have shown us they don't really like to make adjustments until the very last second and sometimes not at all. Although, the, to their credit, they've made a couple of small tweaks in this series is this the start of them actually starting to try some stuff mid-playoff series? I, I don't fully know, but I'm with you. Until they prove we can trust them, you shouldn't trust them. All right, and last question then. Let's leave the Clippers out of this because they could have Kawhi back, perhaps. And then there's a whole offseason. We don't know what's going to happen in terms of drafts and free agency. So we'll just leave them out of this discussion for now. But Bucks, Suns, and Hawks, moving into next season, given what you know now, would you place a dollar on either on any of those three teams in any kind of futures market next year? Yeah, might as well go with the Hawks again. I'm sure they'll be the the most affordable of the three. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, they they absolutely will be. But I guess what I'm saying is a new season where everybody's got their players back. You got the Lakers involved. You got the Nets involved, right? Like everybody, the Jazz. I mean, you can go on down the line, right? Sure, You'll sure. St- yeah, sorry. I, I think I misunderstood the question. Of of those three, it would probably be the Bucks that I would put a dollar on. Yeah. Even having said what you just said about the fact that you just don't you yeah, know, have to do it first. Yeah, because if they don't win it, if they don't win it this year, when are they ever going to win it? No, I don't know. But then there's so many teams in the West, too, that have been decimated by injury to think about what if the Suns had to play any of these teams at full strength? The Lakers and the Clippers basically right. all missing their superstars. That would have been such a gauntlet. Well, but that's... no AD, no Kawhi. That was By the a, way, Suns are good. Suns are good. I don't yeah. want to take that away. From yeah, no, no. But that was the point of the question. It'd be like, okay, if, if not now, when are any of these teams going to win? Because this is their biggest opportunity for sure. Dan Bespris from hoop-ball.com, the assistant GM, by the way, over there. 
uh, title he gave himself, I think. I don't know who the GM is. It's true. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> At Dan Bespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S is where you can follow him on Twitter. So of all those plays, the one you like the most is Atlanta plus the points? No, you're not even taking that. No. No, I don't know enough about Trey Young. I'll, I'll probably lean towards an under, but I, I, I think I got to know more first. Okay. Appropriate, I think. Thank you, Dano. Dan Vespers, everybody, on a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Soccer with Paul Carr, baseball with Paul Sporer. Coming back right here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening.
Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Back on A Numbers Game, proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. It's not often we get a pop-in, but Brady Cannon is here, ladies and gentlemen, one day before he usually sits in and talks golf with us. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How did the uh, Travelers work out for you last week? Well, um, boy, what a tournament, huh? Eight player, or excuse me, eight hole playoffs. Did you know that going in that they do that at the Travelers? Eight hole playoff? Well, I know that you just keep going and it's sudden death. You know, I didn't necessarily know the rotation of holes. It was kind of weird. They played the 18th, and then I, I think they played the 18th like twice, and then they went back to 17, and then 18. They played the 17th, I want to say twice, yeah. but they played the 18th hole about six times, and they kept going back to it, and everybody was kind of chirping, go to the 15th hole, because the 15th hole probably would have decided it immediately, because it's it's kind of a feast or famine hole. Do you, uh, you know, because we're just seeing that in PKs, right? So that France lost Yes. Uh, their Euro Cup game against the, against Switzerland because they played 90 minutes plus uh, added time. Then they played 30 minutes of extra time plus added time. And then it's like, okay, well, we got to figure out a way to end this. Let's do PKs. Do you think a golf tournament like that should should end up on one of these you know, sort of things where it's like, well, we got to figure out a way to end this. Let's do this wacky thing. Well, maybe going forward for the Travelers, if they end up in another playoff next year, you know, maybe you do the 18th, you do the 17th, but maybe the fourth or fifth hole, if they're still going, should be the 15th because it's a very short, drivable par four. And we saw Bubba Watson unravel there on Sunday. And so, like I said, it's kind of feast or famine. It, it's a birdie or eagle opportunity. Yeah. There's water involved on the hole, so there's a lot of volatility there, and I think you could probably decide to play off more quickly. That I, I mean, it was funny. Jim Nance kept pr- promoing the, the shows that were coming yeah. up, and, <laughs> and they were dropping as the play. Well, no longer NCIS New Orleans on the West Coast. And <laughs> For those of you on the West Coast, murder. <laughs> she, she wrote. wrote. <laughs> um, that's the greatest back in the day. Um, you know, yeah, because I was just getting to, I was just trying to get at, like, you know, it's so not soccer, right, to end a, a massive yeah. Euro Cup match. Yeah. You don't want golf to ever no. get to a point where you're not actually playing golf. Like, all right, it's been four holes. Let's just go closest to the pin kind of thing. You remember when, uh, and they did that on that, uh, you know, arranged match right. during the quarantine with Matthew Wolf and Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson and, and uh, Rory McIlroy. Um, but they used to, of course, play an 18-hole playoff on Monday for the U.S. Open. I remember it well. And they don't do that anymore. You know, they they, they want to get through it and, and have a conclusion. You know, I, I think it's dollars because on Monday, how many people are really watching that 18-hole playoff? I think they lose viewership. So Curtis Strange won once on an 18-hole playoff. Tiger, of course. Tiger, of course. Rocco. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think Curtis Strange beat Nick Faldo. That's right. And one of his back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. And Rocco was right after Tiger sunk that putt on 18 on Sunday to force that playoff. And we yeah. haven't had a playoff in the U.S. Open since then. That was 2008. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was just curious because I was like, oh, wow, it's the Travelers. It's not, you know, this isn't a slam. It's not uh I thought that tournament really played out and showed itself well, though. I expected yeah. it to be a birdie fest. And, I mean, it seemed like the whole world was watching that playoff on Sunday. That was quite exciting. And, uh, you know, 13 under par for a winning score is very respectable. I thought we were going to get much closer to 20. And especially after the first round when the leader was seven under par, mm-hmm. it looked like it was going to go that direction. But I think that course is fun to watch. A lot of risk-reward holes, and uh, and the field was outstanding. Yeah, I was going to say, they showed up, too. Kepka played well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, th- I think he DeChambeau finished fifth. played pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Patrick Reed was there. Um, 
And, and Kramer Hickok, you know, out of nowhere, I think he was probably in the neighborhood of 300 to one or something like that. But. So open championship now a few weeks ago away. And we'll talk about this more tomorrow. But do you because now this is traveling overseas for the open championship how do you like do you sort of is golf sort of a minimal thing for you on the run up to the open championship and then you go strong again or, or are you still betting through well i i'm betting through um but you know the travelers um you know i i didn't land on anybody that was too close i had reed and dechambeau and then i had some longer bombs and th- this week is a really watered down field that's very what, weak field that's this what i week. mean so like are you involved heavy in this and then you got the john deere which is traditionally a pretty weak field right. you know so no i i'm starting to handicap the british open and really started a couple weeks ago but uh yeah probably i mean i i'm not going to say i'm more focused on that than the current tournaments but this is a little bit of a down spell before yes. we go back up again right that's what i meant because there's there's i meant literal travel you know involved across overseas and so there's these fields here the next couple weeks are weekend where guys are like ah, i'll just go over there and i'll hang out for a while um, bet so far in pocket real quick as we go to break. Uh, I have, For the uh, open. I have Sergio Garcia. I mentioned that one when, yep. when we were talking last week, got him at 60 to one. I actually saw him at 75 to one at circa. I mean, this is his best major is the British open. And then this week I added Brooks Kepka and oh. Jordan Spieth. Oh, okay. All right. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. Look forward to that. Having Sounds you on. Good. And you do, and you will have some bets this week and we'll talk about those. Oh yeah, sure. Well. <laughs> Let's not get crazy, Gil. There's an opportunity, isn't there? I've got bets. What do you think? I'm sitting this out entirely? Thank you, Brady. Lombardi line, top of the hour. You bet. Brady Cannon, everybody. Kind enough to stop in on a numbers game. He will host the Lombardi line, top of the hour. Paul Sporer on baseball next. Get his thoughts on that AL Cy Young market. If not Garrett Cole, then who would you bet on? It's next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VSIN gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the VSIN logo. Or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about. Courtesy of Brent Musburger. And it's not under till it's over. Who came up with that one? I don't know. Visit the VSIN store today at VSIN.com slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's VSIN.com slash store. Whole bunch of numbers game stuff in there, too. Um, no primetime action stuff in there yet. Hmm. We'll have to work on that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, from uh, from Austin, Texas, you can follow him on Twitter at Sporer, S-P-O-R-E-R. His, uh, his Twitch is uh, twitch.tv slash Sporer. I believe that is correct. And he's also the host of the Sleeper in the Bus podcast. Of course, he comes to us from Fangraphs, the everything, everything betting for me through the years in all baseball betting, the uh, resource uh, that is second to none. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Paul Sporer. How you doing, Paulie? Gil, I'm well. How are you? Ooh, wearing the Tampa Bay baseball cap today. Interesting choice. Yeah, good Interesting choice. With. Uh, I got a couple questions here at the top. One, Kyle Schwarber. What the what? Uh, 15 homers in 17 games. Uh, in a 17-game stretch. That is only comp. The only comps to that are Barry Bonds, Barry Lamar Bonds to you, Paul, Mm -hmm. uh, in 2001. And whenever you're invoking the name of Barry Lamar Bonds, you know it's something. And then Sammy Sosa, I don't know how he did it, uh, back in 1998. So, I mean, that's obviously the year of the home run and all the 
the uh, revelations that have come out of that. By the way, I'm not saying Barry Bonds is, uh, you know, free of all charges, but let's just say it's a different outcome. Uh, anyway, it's 15 homers in 17 games for Schwarber. We're watching this every night. We're like, what in the world? Um, what do you make of a surge like that? I mean, I love runs like this, and, and there's a, a certain player type uh, that that gets streaky like this, and we're actually in the midst of a couple others like it, not quite to this degree, but like Jonathan Scope goes on heaters like this. Um, Justin Upton, before he got hurt, was was in the midst of, of his heater. There's certain guys that get on these heaters that last, you know, four to six weeks, kind of depending on how, how they're going, and right now, Schwarber's just locked in, and he's really taken to that leadoff spot, too. Right. Uh, that's, that's kind of the real unique thing about this, is that it's coming from the leadoff spot. He now has a 1465 OPS as a leadoff hitter. And I like putting him as somebody who can lead off. I think we saw it a little bit with the Cubs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, Madden often does it to kind of get guys out of a funk. But somebody like Schwarber, who has such good OBPs throughout his career, I think it works. And, you know, obviously, like I said, he's taken to it with this power surge here. You know, the interesting thing is, Gil, it's all been against righties. He's still a heavy platoon guy. But mm-hmm. it's okay. You can be, you can carve out a great career as a strong side platoon guy because 75% of the pitchers are right handed. So I don't even say that to denigrate him, just to point out that uh, it, it, it's just been an insane run of facing righties and decimating them. He's no Brady Anderson, Paul, from the leadoff spot. I'll tell you what. No, because it's uh, a true power hitter, and yes. he can hit 50 this year, and he's not going to go back down to like 22 or whatever. Anderson went back to after that uh, big spike year, and hey, get, get your bag, Brady Anderson. I have no problem with yeah. uh, his special season. A little 1996 reference for those uh, checking at home: 50 homers for Brady Anderson back in '96, the most he ever hit. Uh, besides that, 24, 24 is the correct answer. Um, He's no Ricky Henderson in 1985. Maybe that was the uh, better one. Uh, Okay, so uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about here is I asked this of Mark Borchard earlier. A.L. Cy Young, if I came to you from the future and I said, hey, the Garrett Cole, the drop-off in the spin rate didn't go so well for him the rest of the way. Um, Now they did the crackdown. So he he didn't win the A.L. Cy Young Award. And uh, before I told you who won the A.L. Cy Young, I come to the present day and I say, okay, we know that information that he didn't win it. Who would you bet on now to actually win it? And I go to the A.L. Cy Young market, and besides Cole, who's the favorite at minus 180 right now, the only guys in single digits are Rodon and Lynn, 3-1 and plus 650. And then Bieber's the only one south of 40-1. to I asked this of Borchard earlier, and he said Robbie Ray would be his shot at 100 to 1 given that Bieber is shelved given that Glass now is shelved <laughs> you're smiling where would you that's well, that was kind of my reaction where would you go with this I, listen, I am an avid uh, Robbie Ray disbeliever is that the right yes, word yes i think i'm with you yeah Throughout his Arizona career in particular, and he's definitely made some changes this year. Uh, I think the tight pants are really driving his success. No, but listen, I look at a 2.0 homer per nine, and I remain terrified by that. Now, the fact that he's not walking guys is why he's able to survive. But it will catch up because I don't think he's going to have a 2.2 walk rate the whole year either. So he could he could add half a walk or, or 0.8 walks and go up to 3.0, which would still be a great mark for him. But all those extra walks with a 2.2 
oh, homer per nine would be a lot more runs. So there's no chance, uh, no disrespect to the gentleman you, you, you spoke with there, no chance I could put my money on Robbie Ray. I can barely put my money on him in a given night of DFS or handicapping <laughs> with any confidence, let alone for the side. Yeah. You know, I, I'd go with the, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's one of the favorites, but Rodon, it's all about health with him. That's the only issue that I would have. His skill-wise, I totally believe in everything he's doing. This has been a guy who has looked like he can be an ace for a very long time and never really got over that hump, often due to health. He's healthy this year. He's pitching brilliantly. I'd go for him. If I were going to go off the board a bit for a uh, for something a little bit more long shot, I might go with Otani. MVP and Cy Young? Yeah, he should win both. Wow. Because I was saying earlier, I was like, if they give him MVP, they're not going to give him Cy Young. But you're saying, no, they'll give him both. Interesting. I don't, I don't know that they will, but I wouldn't yeah. be averse. But maybe they give him the the Cy to to appease that, and then give Vlad the MVP. Oh. But it, honestly, he should win the MVP, and he probably shouldn't win the Cy. But I'd be intrigued by a little, yeah, uh, by a little bet on that uh, because he is pitching brilliantly. And you talk about, I was talking about walks earlier with Robbie Ray. He's really brought down his walks. Otani has it's still a high rate overall. But remember, a lot of that's built off the early part of the season when he was walking. Every everybody and and you know couldn't find the plate to save his life now he's really toned down those walks he's only walked uh two as his high in his last four starts uh, and that was after five six two and six in his first four so i think there's a real chance there you know manai is still on the board there that i can see at 70 to one he's pitching brilliantly and one thing i like about what he's doing is there's strikeouts behind it too that's something that we haven't really seen from manaya he's been kind of one of those low strikeout guys he's tuned it up to nine point three this year and I think that's really driving some of his success so he's also an interesting bet there and I think despite his injury issues at age 29 he can go up upwards of 200 innings this year I could see it by the way I'm totally running this back to embarrass us when Robbie Ray wins the AL Cy Young totally, oh absolutely <laughs> totally yes. running this back um you know we ran out of time we were going to have some DFS plays text me a name or two if you wouldn't I'll, I'll mention them on the other side of the break my man I will Paul Spore everybody at Spore S-P-O-R-E-R a little dose of uh, baseball from Paulie and we'll get you some DFS names here momentarily thank you Paul appreciate it as thank always you. we'll come back Paul Carr I hope the Euros go better today because that was brutal yesterday. We'll relive it all and look forward to the uh, matches that begin oh, 18 minutes from now. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, 
I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. Try one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types. You can make one-game parlay bets on the Stanley Cup playoffs, baseball, and your favorite soccer leagues. Log into your BetMGM account and create the parlay of your dreams or sign up today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600 with bonus code VSIN600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. one 800 270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in the state of Nevada. Um, okay, let's bring in Paul Carr. Let's talk a little Euro Cup 2020. Paulie from the Expected Value Podcast. That's where you can uh, find his work, uh, wherever podcasts are distributed. And, of course, he's with True Media Networks, used to be with ESPN. We bring him in now. And before we talk about the carnage of yesterday, uh, you were reacting to some of the other things we were talking about on the show. I, I, I sort of, like, randomly said, it's Stanley Cup final, it's NBA finals. <laughs> you actually dealt with this at ESPN? You spent time worrying yes. about this? Well, so I was in the research department, and one of the things that we oversee is what we call style of stuff like that. So, you know, is this plural? Is it, uh, you know, what's the proper tricode for these teams and stuff like that? So Stanley Cup final 
and NBA finals was an annual thing. And the NHL really just started emphasizing it, I think in the mid two thousands or so. So it's a little bit more of a recent thing and it's just, they're going on at the same time and everyone's a little confused. It's just a weird thing that, you know, I think the linguists or the, the grammar people can kind of debate this either way, but ultimately from our perspective, this is what the leagues are calling it. This is how we need to do it. And it's just a tough thing to kind of wrap your head around. Not that this will fascinate anyone but me, but Hey, I'm here to be amused. Like, did they ever give you a reason why they insisted on doing it their way? The NHL and the NBA. Uh, I remember the NHL explaining it was because these, they would call the series a single thing. Their analogy was something like, you know, you have a cake with lots of pieces and you have a final with lots of games. Uh, <laughs> so, so which I think actually makes a little <laughs> more sense so... than the NBA finals, oh. but it doesn't, oh. it, just, it just doesn't sound quite right. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that, Paul. I could go home now. Yeah, there you go. It's the most re- revealing thing on the show today. Uh, and then, and then, that's why, that's why you're here. Uh, and then the other thing, by the way, I'm getting some Paul, by the way, just this just in Paul Spore texting me DFS for those interested, uh, he, he has followed suit with his promise here, followed through with his promise. He uh, he actually, and he's not joking, after just cr- crapping on Robbie Ray, he said, I actually like Robbie Ray in TFS today. Uh, he also likes uh, his boy Urquidy for the Astros and Trevor Rogers. Houston hitters stack versus Baltimore, plus Coors, of course. Um, and then sneak bats, he said, two or three sneak bats. Uh, Tigers lefties and switch hitters versus J.C. Mejia, Badu, Grossman, Castro, and Condelario. And he continues to text, and I'll give you the rest of what he's saying. But anyway, for those of who were just wanted to pay off the DFS uh, tease here moments ago, that's what Paul has come up with. He might have one more text coming. Uh, and the other thing is we were talking about the Olympics earlier with Drew Dinsick, and uh, you are in agreement with something he said. What specifically? Well, I mean, the swimming part specifically swimming is something that I grew up doing competitively. So it's something I still follow on a regular basis. And so I can't totally speak to the other sports. I haven't followed them as closely, although, you know, kind of like, uh, drew ramping up, getting into it. But so the U S has had like 46 gold medals last two Olympics. And I think he said, that's the line that he saw initially. And 16 of those golds came from swimming, both of the last two Olympics. 16 golds in swimming for the U S would be like every single possible thing goes right. Like you look at it now, there's probably five or six that you would hundred percent lock in. And then there's, you know, another eight ish that they're in the mix for, but you know, that's a lot of coin flips that you're going to have to win. So just looking at the swimming, yeah, 10, I think is the number he threw out there, which is about right, you know, based on where everything looks now. And you take those six away and there's no way you're getting to those gold medal totals uh, from previous. Interesting. So just, just something to keep in mind. And Michael Phelps is not walking through that door kind of thing. Not, well. He's not walking into the pool. At least he might be sitting next to, you know, Rowdy Gaines and Dan Hicks in the booth, but he's not <laughs> uh, competing in the pool. Is Rowdy Gaines doing it with Hicks this year? Oh, I was lo- yeah. always love yeah. the random uh, announcers during the, the Olympics. They are the best. Yeah. Uh, okay. So now we have to talk about this. So yesterday, Euro cup, 2020, I went a little rogue from you. I usually just follow your picks. Yesterday, I decided, you know what? I'm going Spain, and I'm going France. You had Spain, too. And we're up 3-1 in, in the Spain game. Uh, Spain taking on, uh, uh, was it Switzerland yesterday? I've already forgotten. No, Spain, Croatia, Spain, Spain took on Croatia. Yeah. It was France who took on Switzerland. So it's 3-1, and I'm like, ah, easy peasy. And it's 3-2, to two and I'm like, okay, well, you know, just hang on. And they don't, it and and it's like, oh, watch watch them win in the in the added, you know, the extra time now. Right. Of course they did, right? Five to three, but there right. there goes our bet. So I'm like, oh my god. Well, you know what? I'm going France. By the way, both Spain and France fell behind and then came back right to take these leads. So France is up three to one. 
against Switzerland. And I'm like, well, you know, this can't happen twice in the right. same day. And then Switzerland scores it's three to two. I'm like, um, this better not happen. And it happened. Dude, like if there was ever a day where I was like, I'm never betting this sport again, that was it. Those were brutal outcomes. Brutal. Brutal. And, you know, in some ways, this is easy for me to say, they're preventable just in the sense that Spain especially, like, didn't defend. Like, you're up two goals with five minutes left. Like, oh, don't let anyone leave the penalty area. That's an exaggeration, obviously. But, you know, they, they had subs they could have made to put in more defensive-minded players. But, like, Switzerland or Croatia, you know, scoring on the break against them, basically. And Spain's got, like, three defenders back. There's just – these are very preventable things. I think part of it's just because this is international play. These teams don't play together as much. They don't – you know, you're not in every single situation you are if you're playing, you know, 30, 40, 50 club games a year. But, yeah, just so frustrating to watch the game go exactly how you think for 90 minutes and then not so much for, you know, the stoppage time. And, and the those were, few minutes those were a couple of those where the girlfriend's like, why, why are you being so quiet? No, no reason. <laughs> no reason at all. Why well, makes you think I'm being quiet? Just, just enjoying the drama. <laughs> yeah, this is great. This is soccer. It's awesome. Uh, by the way, of the three teams that weren't necessarily, the three sides that weren't necessarily expected to get to the uh, quarters, Czech Republic, Denmark, Switzerland, who do you think is the most live of that bunch? It's got to be Denmark to me. Yeah. I mean, they have everything going for them. They're playing the, the weakest side in Czech Republic that's left. And yeah, and they've just been the best of all the teams so far. You know, they their numbers in the group stage. Uh, you know, again, small sample size, opponent bias, whatever. Uh, we're about as good as anybody. So I think they're definitely the one. And they have yeah, the easiest path to get to the final as well. Okay. Today, final two uh, matches of the round of 16 to determine the last two quarterfinal spots. And we'll reconvene later in the week when the quarterfinals get going. But man, oh man, this first one. England, Germany. Wow. Uh, this is awesome. Who do you like? Yeah. How are you betting this? Yeah, so I've been struggling with this ever since the matchup was finalized. And so I have a small play on this. I'm not going, you know, a full unit uh, as well, but I'm going to play uh, Germany to win at plus 200. Yeah, you might be able to find a little bit better uh, floating around there. This game is just so even. Uh, it's such a hard pick. Uh, England's playing at Wembley. Germany, I think Germany has more upside, you know, in this game, you know, there's a you know higher chance that they blow England out than vice versa, for example. But I think Germany also has a lower downside. You know, so if you're kind of ranking the possible outcomes, let's, you know, Germany blowout is your is one extreme, and Germany getting uh, just struggling is, more defensively is the other extreme. And the England, you know, positive results tend to be more toward the middle. So, uh, but but I like you know you're getting plus 200. Uh, part of this is the Germany name, which it's just hard to get by Germany versus England and seeing Germany at plus 200. Like there's a, there's almost a mental block. Uh, but but I think they've got the pieces. England's lineup uh, just came out. It's pretty interesting. It's a little more defensive. We think it looks more defensive than I think a lot of people anticipated. Maybe a little more reactive to Germany, uh, which I don't think is necessarily a good thing. So yeah. So given these prices. I like Germany at plus 200. If you'd rather play like the draw, no bet, which is around even money, uh, you know, that's, you're, you're basically doing the same thing there. I don't mind that either. This is, but this should be a really good game. Cause I think everything's on the table. I mean, we could see yesterday where it's three, three, we could see one, either team really could blow the other one out. This could be a tight one nil game. Like I think it's all out there. There's almost nothing, you know, short of the miraculous. That's going to surprise me in this one. How much of the home field is is baked into this price? Like, is that why this is what it is? Because it is a de facto so. home game for England. Yeah, 
I think that's basically the difference in the price. You know, England's like plus 150, plus 160 or so to win in regulation, uh, and Germany's plus 200. And I think most of that difference is just this is at Wembley. You know, it's yeah. not full capacity, but it's something. You know, and there's a, there's a small travel factor. It's not a huge deal, but it's a thing. I mean, Germany's done well at Wembley historically in the last 30, 40 years. But again, most of these players involved weren't involved in any of those games. So it's it's a thing. It's a little thing, and it's baked right in. All right, gets underway in five minutes. If you like Paul's pick, get it in. Whatever your pick is, get it in. you got five minutes. And, and the difference between uh, European soccer and uh, the NBA and NHL is they actually start when they say they're going to start. So uh, right. you do have exactly yes. five minutes, which is nice, by the way. I like it. It's like, oh, they're already mm-hmm. playing. Uh, and then it's Sweden-Ukraine three hours from now. Where are you going here? Yeah, this is the old, this is the old undercard gets the late slot yeah. uh, for, for today. And so this is a... Uh, very different sort of game. Uh, one where I don't think many people are expecting goals. Like I think under two and a half is minus 180. Uh, might be worse by now. Uh, I like the under for the first half. Under half a goal, uh, plus 120. I just think Sweden's first half so far have had a total of one goal. And Ukraine's have had three, but two of those were against North Macedonia. So, you know, North Macedonia was fine, but they were, you know, one of the worst teams of the tournament. Uh, so I like under half a goal plus 120. If you had to, if I had to pick a side to advance here, I would take Sweden uh, to advance probably at minus 150. Uh, I just think they're a better team. You know, they have been outshot significantly in the tournament, but you can, if you watch them play, you can see that it's it's a very intentional strategy. They're not giving up good shots in general. Uh, they're a defensive-minded team. That's how they play. Uh, they want to squeak out, you know, that one-nil type of win they'll be fine with. Uh, Ukraine was. Not so good against Netherlands for most of the game. Pretty mediocre against Austria. Only looked decent against North Macedonia. So I like Sweden better here. But I'm going to play the under first half, half a goal. And I'm probably going to end up sprinkling a little bit on Sweden to advance around mine. Well, a little sprinkle there. All right, but Sweden, Ukraine under half a first half goal, plus 120, the official play. Uh, Spain and Italy, the co-favorites. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the week. Paul, appreciate it. Let us hope there is no heartache today like there was yesterday. Good yeah, Lord, that was painful. We can't have the drama or the heartache. No, too too much heartache. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate it. Paul Carr, everybody, from the Expected Value Podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Good luck with all the bets. The Lombardi Line, hosted by Brady Cannon, next right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Every Day Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Every Day Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.